I'm doing a little Wayne Lighter flick at the beginning of the episode. How the fuck you step in? Got your bootleg stuff. How the fuck that work? Huh, how you know that chopper work? Huh, how you know that Draco twerk? Huh, you sitting in the front, I was sitting in the back trying to see how that Draco work. Slow on the block, yeah, hurt. Yeah, that Draco work. I didn't tell you maybe I showed calm the down the hype. That. You maybe said calm down the hype on the scissor. It was it was some weird hater energy. It was like, it I wasn't hating. I was just saying relax. I'm like y'all was, was like, doing it was the like whole some bunch. Don't get your hopes up type energy from you. Yeah. No, yeah. y'all was doing a little. It was too like much you heard. It was like, like you heard the out. album. It was like you heard the album and like which was trying to save us from like the disappointment. So um, what you want me to say? Sorry. No, I'm just letting you know that the numbers are in. <laughs> I want you to I want you to know that the numbers are in. Taj, and what are the numbers? You have some numbers first. Scissor SOS sold 315k first week. Damn. I mean, that's that's a number. That's a number. That's three fifteen k. Three hundred fifteen k. That's higher. I don't remember our R and B release that big. Outside the weekend. Summer, I think, did somewhere around like one eighty five, something like that. So this is almost double summer. Um, geez, I mean, Control sold sixty k, which I didn't even realize Control sold that high. I feel like that's like was an impressive number at that time in what 2017 um so jumping i don't even know what jump that is 60k to 315k um that's like almost like it's like a five five x jump uh i don't know if we've seen any other artists do that like chance said definitely not an r&b like if, if there's been any clear like kind of tyson knock this is like ronda rousey like when Ronda Rousey was first running through the UFC, like breaking Shorty's arms with like nine seconds, and then she would fight again in two months and do it again in nine seconds. It's like, oh, like you're just like you're doing it in nine seconds to let everybody know you're like this is who you are, that you're here. This was SZA's like I'm here moment. Like it, from everything, from the surprise release to the uh, track list to the amount of songs to the types of songs, to the lyrical content, like it fully just embodied I'm here. What do you think what do you think the retention rate gonna be? What do you think second week sales looking like? High. Are you happy with just half? Snooze hasn't turned off yet. I still <laughs> listen to Snooze when I wake up and before I go to sleep. So So we're looking at a cool one fifty for second week sales. I'll call it like it yeah, I'll say more than one ten, maybe. more than a hundred. If if it does more than a hundred, more than one one ten. I will be happy. Yeah, I'm expecting that till mid January. I wouldn't be shocked if she keeps doing 100 for the next two or three weeks. Especially if she pushes radio, because I think I was talking to a few people about this. Like, this sounds like one of those albums where you can break down the album into a few different singles and kind of market them and work them a little bit differently. Like, you have the F2F, like that kind of like real pop teen angst kind of record. But then you have Snooze, which is like, it gives me, myself, and I Beyonce vibes. It gives just like real homey, warm vibes. You could run that on radio. Um, the Don Tolliver song. There's a lot of stuff that I think could, like, you could really have this album's lifespan be way longer than most people's albums, which is like why I kind of even have to apologize um, for like hating on the 23 songs. I remember saying that that was kind of my only question mark, but. Now seeing that there's so much different types of music on the album, it makes a lot of sense on how they how they can work it. I got a hate on the 23. She could have knocked off like a cool three or four. 
I don't know. This is my critique. I mean, I don't want to get into critique. See, y'all trying to make me start off bad. Dude, nobody, made nobody this. made you do anything. Dude, nobody made you. Do <laughs> I love the. Actually, I really enjoyed the album. Um, particularly, like the first ten, the first ten or eleven hit like. Um, it's like she got hollow tips at the beginning of the clip. Like them bitches, like punching like major organs and everything. Them bitches punching like. She start off strong, SOS, like, I just want what's mine. She coming for the crown. Like you said, she announcing that she here. Also talking about, you know, her relationship, her love interest, which she's conflicted with throughout this entire project. You know, sonically throughout the whole thing, she definitely progressed, you know, from her previous work. I think songwriting has also gotten better. Um, and I think she just has more of a presence on the songs in general. Like, it's like a lot of slow songs where it's like kind of mellow, like acoustic in the background. And she just kind of floating on there where, you know, you, she just she just taking over. Like you really listening to her songwriting, listening to the lyrics, listening to how she sings certain shit. And all that is very captivating, you know, particularly on my favorites at the beginning, because I think that's, you know, again, where you do get those hitters, I think. The second album is very much what I just described, almost exclusively that. There's not, you know, a lot of punch on that side, um, which, you know, is, is a little bit of a complaint for me just because you had so much momentum at the beginning with Kill Bill, which is one of my favorite tracks, So Catchy, with Seek and Destroy, with Love Language Blind, obviously. Um, even Snooze, as, as y'all going to talk about, I'm sure. You got the Don Tolliver feature, although Sleepy. You know, that was there. And then the Gone Girl. And then, you know, gets a little sleepy. So I feel like if maybe we knocked off, like, F2F was cool. But if you're going to do it, you go all the way. Like, I think this could have been like a single type shit. Like, I didn't I didn't really feel like that. That felt, it felt a little bit out of place on the album. Nobody Gets Me was great on the second half. Um, conceded a special was cool. Conceded is terrible. But then we got in, then we got in there like <laughs> I'm sorry, sis. Too late. I didn't need it. Like, yo, conceded, yeah. Like, why is forgiveness like at the very end with old dirty bastard? Like that would have been a nice injection of energy somewhere, you know, more toward the middle of that second half. Like, that was my only complaint. So to me it was very good throughout. And and I would also say this. Like the subject matter, like we gonna talk about that later though. But I just wanted to put it there. <laughs> so I, if we giving idea. it a number, <laughs> I got like I'm feeling like a eight point five, like very good, like a eight eight point five. Solid. Fart noise. Uh, uh, that's my sound effect to chances review. This this reminds me of like it's the, it reminds me of the Kendrick album. And just the sense of like she gave people what they wanted in the first half, like she gave. The avid R&B fan, i.e. Chance, what they wanted in those first 11 <laughs> tracks. Like, I knew for a fact Chance was going to be in love with those first 1 through 12. Like, that's what you want. I like, wasn't in love with smoking on my X-Pack, but that went for me. But, like, she gave everybody exactly what they wanted. And then it was like she made the album that she wanted to make. Like, she's scissor. Like, I, I tweeted, she's better than literally everyone. Like, Making SZA just do R and B, making SZA just do go over the same R and B production of like, yeah, SZA can make a classic R and B album whenever she wants. 
that's going to be pretty easy for SZA. That's going to get pretty boring. I'm so glad she did 23 Chats because now it's like she's making the album she wanted. Like, I don't really care for F2F. It's not my type of song. I'm not listening to it. But the fact that she's actually doing it, it's like, thank you. <laughs> like, she's doing things that she wants to do. And as a result, it's expanding the genre. And that's what I expect from, like, leaders of the genre. Like, this is why I got mad over, like, Chance's guy when he dropped that album. I'm not even going to say the name. I'm not even going to say the album. But this is why I got mad because I view him as a leader of the genre. And he didn't do this. He just did tracks 1 through 12. And it's like, I know you can do tracks 1 through 12. Give me the second half where you try other shit and advance the genre. This nigga's potting. That's what SZA did in the second half. SZA tried other shit. And now, as a result, everybody who's behind SZA, everybody who's not selling 315K first week, now they got to get in the booth. And they got to put on their boots. And they got to try to make an F2F. Now they got to try and rap on the Smoking on My X-Pack. Now they got to try and do all this shit to keep up with SZA. I was to do those sales. And that's what I expect from a leader of a genre. I hope we're not getting a whole bunch of smoking on my X-Packs and F2Fs. Yeah, that's a great... That's a, that's a great... That is a great point. I, that is undeniable. It just shows It just shows what a leader does. And like with t- expanding on that a little bit, I hate that piggyback term. It was like the clubhouse shit. Let me piggyback. Fuck that. But like just expanding on top of it, like also what, like what Taj is talking about in terms of other artists are going to... Uh, other top selling artists that aren't quite on SZA's level are going to try and replicate and re-rock the sound it's going to be a challenge too because SZA's success with this alternative sound is going to make the alternative songwriters and creators feel more confident to drop their shit that they've been holding back their F2S and now you got to compete with them too so it's not even like these artists got to just compete with SZA to see like okay let me see if I can try and recreate this or recreate that to try and get on scissors level it's like nah you gotta worry about these young cats coming out that are doing the scissors sound that have probably wrote f2f probably produced f2f like these people are going to be all over these producers now because of the success of the scissor album and that's what i love about music this album is going to change a lot of people's lives like there's probably people that are producing on the scissor album that have never been in hip-hop r&b spaces that are now about to be chased down by a bunch of different vocalists and like Taj said, that's what a leader of a genre does. They push the needle. They move the needle. That's, that's undeniable. That was a, that's a great point, man. And I couldn't agree more. So she got to get points for that as well. Um, so yeah, even though... So you basically saying, even though that might have not been your favorites, you still appreciate them. Yeah, it's like it's like there's a... Yeah. If it, like, and I, I know it's a, a cop-out, like, oh, I didn't love it, but I appreciate it. I think this is the least cop-out example in a minute of like, yeah, I didn't like... What's his name? But I can see why it was there. I didn't love this, but I can see why it was there. Um, my final say on the album was just that, like you mentioned it, I'm glad you did, was like, yeah, SZA, the hype is up, uh, the marketing is up, the budget is up, but like, yo, she also got significantly better at like her art of singing. Like, well, the, I just wanted to bring up that point because... The singing, you like, know, her vocals are way better. Like, she got better in these five years that's just like a lot of artists would just get comfortable and i don't know if i can even credit that to the five years like she waited improved but y'all remember she was beating allegations she was fighting allegations for a little bit singing in cursive doesn't really sing doesn't know how to sing live like i guess she still has to beat the live allegations but this album like her singing is really 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 solid so i just wanted to shout that out too 
Cause I just I want know. to ask y'all the one point of contention I see for a lot of people on on like the socials, the masses, is that they sick of the the quote unquote sad girl music, or they feel like SZA hasn't like progressed topically almost. Like she's still kind of ragging on herself, and it's just like it's been five years since your last album. What do y'all think about? Those allegations, were you expecting to see, or do you think they're wrong? Do you even agree with them? Were you expecting to see or hear something else? Would you have liked to? Do you want to hear SZA's, Have heard something do else? Do you want to hear SZA's response first or our response? Let's hear SZA's response and then let's hear your guys' response. All right, let me find SZA. Let me find SZA's response. Quote: Ignoring songs like SOS, PSA, Conceited, Low, Forgiveless, Seek and Destroy, Notice Me, or X Pack. To pretend I only make sad girl music is dumb. Forgot good days. So I think here, and I think it's an interesting point she brings up, especially with good days, is where like you listen to good days sonically and you would think it's it's sad girl music. But I think we're just in the, like, I, I don't think a lot of people are actually listening to the lyrics where it's like, yo, no, this isn't, like it might sound mellow, but that doesn't mean it's a sad girl song. There's definitely some simp songs on here like, She's calling herself a loser. Yeah, one special. Like, I, I was just about this. to say, special. <laughs> I'm such a loser. I mean, um, she was killing a guy more than her. <laughs> she said, I gave myself away to a loser. Now I'm such a loser. I'm like, damn. Oh, yeah. Facts, facts. But then, yeah, she had to kill Bills. Like, and Seek and Destroy. That, that's Seek not the one I'm talking about. That's, that's about the one where she was another one where she was, like, ragging on herself like crazy. Or was that the one? Special. You're talking about that one. It's, it's about what she was talking about being ashy in a Gucci now, store. I'm such a loser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, but like she had like yo, seek and destroy is so hard. Not that I don't everything. How can I complain? That's a bar. A bar. She went like she's just like that's a hard. That's a fun song. Um, and then like low, low is like fun as fuck too. Shout out Travis on the ad libs. I like the Travis ad libs more than I like the Travis feature. Thanks. But shout out Travis. Anyway, um, best R and B project. Best, there's, there's no, no, really no, we gotta end with a hot take. It's the best R and B project of the year, or no? I'm, I'm not giving it that yet. Over what? What do you have? I'm not sure. I'm just not ready to. <laughs> Come on, man! You can't. It's say- definitely up there. I'm not ready to just say it though. Taj, like I'm not going on the record. Is it the best R and B project of the year? It's been a long year. It's been mm, a lot of good R and B. That's tough. Can I tell you what it's in? What, it, what, is, what it's battling with? Can I tell you what it's battling with? I have to like really let yeah, these albums me. duke it out over the next week before we do this episode. It's battling with uh, it's SOS, uh, Raven Lene, Sp- yep. uh, and then it's uh, Who's Your Roommate? How do yeah. you pronounce your name? <laughs> I was about to say those. Are those three. three are all duking it out. Those are the three. Yo, Kalani also dropped. I know I'm a, I'm the Kalani hater on this podcast, but I listened to her album last week. Like that shit is really good. A lot of people have been telling me that because we listened to it the first time and we was like, we not feeling it. Like, she definitely made the album she wanted to make coming off that last one. But I've, I've been hearing a lot of people actually coming around to it, like, really enjoying it. Like, my sister said that was like one of her favorite albums of the year. I'm like, okay. Yeah, Kalani is solid. Seeing some other people was like, this is one of my favorites. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to listen back. I'll re-listen. Tap in. Tap in. All right. Let's get an R&B unheard. Anybody got one? Or if not, I'll take it. All right. I got uh, Abby Jasmine. Stay with me. Double cup love, only call me when you off it. This 
a shame, I wish you would do it more often Energy too different, gotta move with precaution Cause they don't ever see how big my heart is And you don't ever see how work the hardest Sweatpants, hair tie, we roll, inhale I exhale, bad vibes, but you still in here Gunna, government name Sergio Kitchens, was free Sergio last Kitchens. Wednesday, December 13th, December 12th, 12th, <clears throat> accepted a plea deal which sent him to five years in prison with one year time served. The other four years got suspended. Instead, he has to serve. Well, they got commuted. 500 years community service. That's about 62 eight-hour shifts. His attorney, Steve Sato said Gunna will plead the fifth if asked to testify against YSL. A quote from Gunna, which Chance will read. While I have agreed to always be truthful, I want to make it perfectly clear that I have not made any statements, have not been interviewed, have not curated, and have not agreed to testify or be a witness for or against any party in the case and have absolutely no intention of being involved in the trial process in any way, Gunna said in a statement. So what happened was... This is like not all the way true. Oh, I was gonna say Gutter said this statement and then immediately and like Yeah, I was about to say beautiful that. HBO Larry David type comedy. You just somebody you just released drop this the, on drop Twitter. The clip yeah, here. we're gonna drop the clip. I became affiliated with YSL around two thousand and sixteen. Is that true as it pertains to you and the strategic plan? Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. YSL is a music label and a game. And you have personal knowledge that members or associates of YSL have committed crimes in furtherance of the game. Yes, ma'am. You were present when law enforcement officers stopped a vehicle in which you were present along with Jeffrey Williams, wherein hydrocodone, methamphetamines, and a firearm were recovered. These items did not belong to you. Yes, ma'am. And do you acknowledge the following statement? I recognize, accept, and deeply regret that my talent and music indirectly furthered YSL the game to the detriment of my community. YSL as a game must end. Is that your statement or acknowledgement? Yes. So, so that shit came out like, like, like Chance, like Taj said, about sixty seconds after. I mean, but obviously, if you if you know what a plea is, a plea you had to admit guilt. That's the whole point of a plea. Like, you admitting. You're admitting like some some guilt. Um, now, Chance, I think what the pro- the issue is, I think a lot of people, the majority of people, are taking up with it is that if Young Thug's whole defense is that YSL is not a gang, we are not a gang, we don't do gang activities, and you're on camera confirming that not only is it a gang, but members of it are directly contributing to gang activities to further the gang. They're just like, man, you're on the other side. It's not necessarily the result of maybe what happens with it, what doesn't happen. I think their view is just that you can't be 
we can't we can't possibly see you on the same side of the guy that's saying this thing is not a gang. That's his whole argument. Um, and you're here now saying that it is a gang. Now, on the legal side, like you said, with a plea, I'm sure they've rehearsed this whole thing. I mean, you know, my parents work in law and they've told me, like, lawyers don't really ask questions that they don't know the answer to. Like most these things are either rehearsed or the evidence is just so hard down that if the defendant were to lie, then it would just be clear perjury. Um, so outside of the snitching discourse, I don't think we need to have the hard street moral code talk on, on this episode. But um, yeah, I figured that that this was either probably rehearsed or that they had thrown a shit ton of evidence in front of Gunna throughout his imprisonment saying that, look, we have this, we have this, we have this, we have this, we have this. There's no way for you to even deny it. Um, but if you would like to get free a little early, we can have you just confirm it, which won't, doesn't really change anything necessarily because you're still not required to testify in, 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 in your other conglomerates in their uh, trial. But at the same time, you will be helping out our case a little bit. And I think that's, Gunna's lawyer heard that and said, bro, you, ha- you have to take this. Um, so I think it'll be very interesting. I still, I, I didn't know that the lawyer was the source that it said that Gunna wasn't going, to, was going to plead the fifth. I think I saw conflicting reports on social media as well that said that the paperwork said that he has to testify if if subpoenaed and, and brought to the stand. Um, but I guess that's really going to probably be the gravity of the case, whether whether or not Gunna goes and testifies uh, against against Thug. My whole thing is, like, they got, tw- they trying, like, 27, 28 people as part of this whole case. Like, it don't matter what Gunna would have said. That's not what the case is hinging on. I promise you, Gunner's testimony is not moving, it's not the, moving needle the, the needle in the case, regardless. <laughs> like, they already have snitches. It's 28 niggas. Like, somebody has said something. They're basing their case off that. Like, I believe if, I believe the co-founder of They YSL, couldn't just let Gunner go for nothing. They didn't have nothing that probably was going to stick. They had one racketeering charge on some bullshit. Like, it wasn't even worth it. He served a year already. Like. They letting his ass go. They got that weak ass statement that they may or may not can use. Like, let's stop it. Let's let's just use our heads here. Well, yeah, that's just my hope. Because I was gonna tell you that the co-founder of YSL, I think, also agreed to take the same exact Alfred plea. Um. In an, in an, in an effort to, I guess, get his time reduced or maybe even be released fully um, from the case. So. Like I will the, say, the, I will the, say the, the only thing he said was that YSL was a gang, and it's just like they already have overwhelming evidence, and that's going. The jury already gonna know, even if they do hear that. Like you already shown us that the niggas, they probably a gang. Like, come on, yeah, I think it'll like, be it's people. People are the jury. I think it'll be interesting to see to see how it pans out. Um, because I mean, with the gun and video, things were looking worse and worse for Thug, but then I guess. The day after, I mean, it was a bounce back. I think a clip came out that said the manner of which they raided Thug's house that day that I think he got arrested. Um, 
his house in Georgia and they found a bunch of weapons and stuff that ended up tallying on a bunch of charges onto the RICO. Um, I believe the judge had to throw out a lot of that evidence um, and perhaps even the charges altogether just based on the fact that it was gained in such a, there was so much misconduct done in how they got the evidence. Um, maybe they didn't issue a warrant or they did this or just the way they mishandled the evidence. So essentially it had to be thrown out, which they said, uh, I was seeing it significantly help Thug's case. Um, so we will see. You said the, the trial is supposed, Thug's trial is supposed, or I guess it's already begun, huh? We've seen these these photos of starting him. in January, so like thinking like two weeks on like the fifth or the sixth. So yeah, we'll see what happens, man. Um, I don't know. It's unfortunate. Think, it's unfortunate for everybody involved. I guess that's like definitely something something to say. Like if it hurts Thug's case more, it's unfortunate. It's, it's already certainly hurt Gunna's reputation. Um, and that's what we're, that's what we're here to discuss. We <laughs> we're not the snitch yeah, police. We'll leave that to Twitter. Yeah, we don't give a fuck. But what we we what we are we all own gonna stock. Um, I guess we we kind of took the role of Drake. We call this the year gonna. That was like our first episode of 2022. Called it gonna year. We might have cursed gonna. I was kind of surprised by the backlash. Right, don't blame this on us, nigga. But I think we should hold it. I think we should hold it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think we should hold a shareholder meeting uh, heading into 2023 on what we should do with the stock. I'm a little. I'm a little worried as somebody who holds a large share of gun stock. Uh, Vance, I don't know what I should do. Should I? Should I buy the dip? Should I sell now before it tanks more, or should I hold? Hold on one second. I, I'm getting. I'm getting off the phone with my associate. <laughs> All right. Why are you on the phone with your associate? I'll explain why my thought process. I think it can go in one of three ways. I think either Young Thug can get freed, like it's maybe I don't know. I'm not going to say the odds, but Young Thug can get freed and he can be welcoming of Gunna. He can be like, Gunna did nothing to hurt my case, and then it all can be erased. That would be one of the that would be like in that damn case, the only yeah. way. <laughs> in that case, buying a dip was great. Young Thug can get freed and can be not welcoming. In that case, this is a six nine type. This stock is done. The stock okay. is done. I should Why? have sold the stock. So you think you think Gunner's success at this point is, bro? I know, bro. I, was, I think on on I'll young, tell you young this. Thug? No, no, I'll tell you this I'll, entirely. Yes, his entire success is is relying on Young Thug. So yes, his downfall will be relying. Why on you young say Thug. that, bro? He's fully came up under Thug's wing. So. If the guy that so, he—that's how he came up. So if if he snitches on that guy, it'd be like it'd be like if I snitched on y'all, like and niggas asked, is that the end of unheard podcast? Like probably. <laughs> like, yeah, like I mean, the guys but, I came up with. But they're not—they're not a, a group unit. Like they're solo they, acts. They're not. They're they're. Come on, bro. I feel you. I'm, I'm I, not. I, I'm not. I'm not buying into this to I, be honest. Nah. Especially just because I think I'm just telling you how like, the vast majority of Gunna fan base. Probably don't even really know what the hell is going on, and probably don't care. They're white, but I, I'm just letting you know. So, I was in the barber shop a couple a couple days ago, and my barber, his most played artist was Gunna, in Spotify Wrapped. That nigga was swearing up and down that he wasn't listening to Gunna anymore. I think I think Gunna's stock falls sharply it falls. if, if Thug a- comes out and says like Gunna fucked me over. I think his stock. Oh, it's like done, bro. Gunna. Well, we won't speak on that, but yeah, the stock will definitely drop. Um, 
if 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 he is not in Thug's good standing. So you saying so you saying the stock drops because you saying Thug gonna get convicted. And this is my whole thing. I don't see that happening. If he gets convicted, even if, if this gets, was if quote unquote a gang, like, do you serious believe? Like, do you think Gunner was really in any case? Like, do you think he was that involved to the point where he would be administering orders or having any type of it control? I'm not, I'm not saying about the case. I'm saying Young Thug, what he ends up attributing to Gunner's role. Like, right. it all it all hinges on what Young Thug credits gunner's role to with so if young thug says like nah guys like y'all have been we like we told too, him like we, told we were him gonna to get do this yeah. we told like, him to take this i told plea. gonna go be free for gonna didn't like, gonna okay. didn't gonna didn't gonna pleaded that he didn't want to do this and he didn't want to go on the stand but we told him like take this plea like if, if young thug, thug and the other ysl members come out and say that it's okay if young thug says like nah he kind of fucked me over then it's like it might be tough for gunner if Young Thug just stays mute, kind of like now, then it's going to be 50-50 like it is now. Like, I think ah, it's hard, man. Our stock has dropped drastically, and it's not even at a point where we can sell now and potentially buy lower. I don't know if it gets much lower than this. If it does get much lower than this, then there's not going to be any point in buying. So I think at this point, the decision is hold. I think you hold the gun of stock, and you have hope that Thug comes out with a statement what I do think, though, I don't think Thug makes that statement until he's free. I, I don't think it would make any sense for him to be like, we told him to say that while he's still in the middle of his case. So it might be All a right. little while before that stock rises. <laughs> <laughs> we're holding. We're holding and hoping that young Thug is free. All right. I'm not worried about the stock, period, in Next. any scenario. We're moving. We're moving on to... Next topic uh, another shareholders yeah, meeting. Yeah, another, <laughs> another. Uh, this one is entirely on Vance, I guess. Glorilla, Vance, I've you brought her PR. to you brought her to the world's attention, <laughs> and you you reminded us almost bi-weekly of Glorilla's success. You come in, I told y'all so. Y'all didn't give me credit, so I'm just gonna give you the mic. I mean. You reminded us of her success. This is a this is a tough time for you. How are you dealing with this whole assistant scandal? All right, bro. You, you you said it perfectly in pre-production, bro. She passed every hurdle. Like we ha- this was like Paolo Banchero. Like we haven't seen a rookie make a leap like this so quickly in a while since like Zion. And Zion was kind of already making these leaps before, so it was expected. Glorilla, she did quote <clears throat> Producer hit single. Now, these are two in one. I want people to realize this. Not only did she have the hit single, it was with a notable producer. To get that two in one for your debut, generational. On top of that, she secures and heals the Nikki vs. Cardi beef. We haven't heard Nikki vs. Cardi in a minute. She even got the Cardi on tomorrow, too. She almost like, bruh, it's like the reverse Thanos snap. If Thanos snapped and, and killed 50% of the population, bruh, like, Glorilla came on the scene and bought back, like, 50% of the vibe to women's rap. Like, it was so much negativity and, like, beef before and now. Glorilla came in tomorrow, too. One of the best songs this year. I would even maybe call it the best female collaboration of the year. Like, that's that's a song right there. So to see her fall 
under the lens of capitalism, especially. <laughs> like, not Blame only. Capitalism. Like, man, like, this is a right-wing talking point, Glorilla. Not 500 a week for the underprivileged in the industry. Now, I will say, for those who don't know what we're talking about, Glorilla came on the internet. Or I guess it wasn't even her. Somebody posted her job uh, posting uh, for a assistant role to be Glorilla's personal assistant. It would involve scheduling calls, doing meetings, um, figuring out travel, going grocery shopping, going to Louis Vuitton store, buying her this, buying her that. Um, Bullet point, $550 a week. <laughs> and that's why everybody got mad. I'm very unserious. Um, <laughs> $550 a week. Now, look. I will speak as music industry intern. I've been in music industry intern hell. I can tell labor. I can tell niggas about this hell. I can tell niggas what is required to get to that level. Like I'm here now, even. Right now, still. Still. And I'm happy where I'm at, but it's also definitely like it's one of those things where like you don't even I don't even think you kind of pursue music. It's like Taj can probably relate with entrepreneurship. Like you don't really even pursue that unless you're a little bit kind of crazy or like willing to like just fully go against quote unquote consensus, general consensus standards and stuff like that. So and and it's all for the reward of developing your own app, gaining funding, signing an artist that reward like is paramount to whatever possible kind of sliding a lot of us had to go through to get there and it's a really sick twisted cycle that a lot of us creators entrepreneurs music industry folk are in but unfortunately that is the nature of the game now all that being said that is no excuse to then further perpetuate these same exploits with the future generation because i think glow's response do you have glow's response taj yeah uh first she joked she was like it really needs to be five hundred dollars uh and she said uh she basically used the excuse of uh she's paying for all their flights and they'll be taking flights every day and then her second quote i'll just read it she said half this shit anyway you don't got to do for real it's just, if it comes down to it, you might have to do it. But it's literally the easiest shit in the world. You really don't got to do nothing but be with me every day <laughs> and go pick up my clothes for me and all my outfits I got to wear. You got to have all my shit with you. You really just got to do whatever the fuck I tell you to do, end quote. <laughs> so, like, this is really, like, so, I, again, a few things. Like, I guess I, I missed out on, I think I saw another quote where she said, basically, she has lived off of that amount of money before and was her kind of reasoning for saying that's why other people should be able to live off of that amount of money. Now, that kind of argument is different because, you know... What does she live at again? I was about to What's say, she? if she's based in Memphis, rooted in Memphis... like that's, She based in Memphis? I mean, I don't know. That's where she came from. So I'm just saying, if that is the case, that's a lot different than making, what, 550 a week is 1000 a month, so like 12000 a year. Yeah, it's nothing. But that is going to be different in L.A., then it's going to be in um, Memphis. And yeah. It don't matter where it's at. 
if if your main whole thing is I can like you should get paid this because I'm respond I gotta pay for your flights and all this other shit. It's just like that don't benefit me. That's how I do my job. Like I can't do my job if you don't pay for the flights. You want me to pay to do my job? Like oh, not no, only it was that, but two thousand what twenty four. Yeah, I mean it's like five fifty a week is is what like twenty six, twenty seven thousand a year. year. That is nasty, and it's just but, like. You want somebody. You want somebody with all these qualifications. But it's not. So but it's, it's, but, it's, but that's what. But that's what I'm saying. It's not. Um, I get it, and I'm not trying to cape. I'm just trying to. You play want somebody to be your monkey, like work forty plus, but that's if not, not more hours because really, they with you all. That's not how it is, bro. That's, I want people to realize, like Glorilla is a new artist, completely new artist. Like this isn't like being a personal assistant for Drake or being a personal assistant for Beyonce. Even a personal assistant for Lotto, like but they're they would never even offer their personal assistant twenty seven k. They're probably getting paid a hundred thousand because that's a serious job. Which is my point. They're on another level. Glorilla is essentially a small business. That's kind of how I used to think about these low level artists. It's like the work. But well, don't be mad it's like when the work people I, clown you on the internet. Don't make people feel like like you, like you like, justify, like chance. This is you my point. You can't afford to like, have an assistant, like, and that's it. Like chances get the label to pay like, for. Chance, it. this is my point. Like I would love like. Like I've been working for 4K for free. <laughs> you feel me? It's like it's levels to the thing. It's like you you work behind what you work behind for but the you value have that it's bringing. That. You're building that, of course. You're helping build that. Like, but, but it's this just is like, different. but nigga, but I have a stake built. in. No, no. But tell me, what do I have a stake in? A stake. I have a stake in zero dollars of zero dollars right now. So like for, for the people now, come f- for the last five years, I can say for now, but it's been like that for the last five years. And this is no complaint or anything, but it's just like I, for the non-music people, it's just like I wish they knew that there were jobs where you're doing shit for twenty percent of nothing. So it's like to us the idea of being in a larger role for a monetary value, there's something to it. We're not saying it's ass. We're not saying it's... Uh, so you're saying it's low-key justified because she, be, she being put in room, she getting connected, but this is my yes, thing. Yes, there are like, connects you can take from that. Like There are ways to parlay that. Now, at the th- same now, time, though, do you want to just be known as the person who work for who work for free? Because then people are going to try that's to take the, advantage that's, of you. It's a nasty that's, industry. That's the, you know this better than anybody. That's the entire industry, though. So I'm about to say, I think it's really hard for people to like understand just the like how the creative industry how creative industries as a whole operate like get entry level there's no such there's no such thing as like entry level <laughs> that's all, that's roles in like creative I was about industry. to say there's like no entry you, level an entry level is being an assistant like that's your entry level job is being an assistant so for somebody like this is your entry level job whereas most entry level jobs might be like I started out $80,000 a year here it's most entry level jobs. Like I started out as an assistant for this. I'm person. not asking you to pay girl. I'm not asking you. You would think you now. You would think eighty thousand. But goddamn, nine hundred a you would week. Think, like, you would think as somebody working for an assistant, as somebody who signed to a, like a successful label, they would have a better infrastructure. Like that would be the better complaint. But like at the same time, like yeah, it's also kind of like, like I see how things are like where the disconnect is coming from. Like that, I'm sorry, but five fifty is just a not a livable wage anywhere, and that's just unacceptable. But that's the thing, Glo- especially Glo- when has, you has are lived, when you are like, and and I get it, like Lorilla, she, you know, obviously, what what the niggas said, like, not none of these niggas really rich, like we get that, but at the same time, like, 
No. And that's just <laughs> but, but chance, but no. chance. But like chance, I get it. Chance, they have some chance, people that's chance, willing to say, "All right, like this is my opportunity to step in. I'll work for free." I was about but to that s- doesn't make it that to me that doesn't make it ethical or no, like never this never, is justified never. We're just trying, that's my whole point well, that's what, like I'm it's just, still nasty work well i mean we're just trying to get it off that, I get it. that's the justification point is that there are niggas lined up ready to take that 550 that's right and, and, I and bet she you wonder why there's applicants. like you wonder why there's like a bunch of nepotism babies running the industry is because those are the kids who can afford to like work for these shitty wages whereas like right hungry niggas can't afford to work for this is where we can really talk about it because that's why like i said bro i've been in i've been in. well that's in any industry that's how i mean not more way especially in the creative though especially in creative yeah yeah yeah, that's how they weed out the like talented less fortunate kids from the black that's how they weed out the black and brown kids bro they make you do three four semesters of college internships while you're already fucking doing college alone probably either first or second gen college student you're already doing and not getting paid college nothing, huh? alone yeah. not getting paid shit now you have to do an internship around a bunch of other people that don't look like you um and you're over here trying to do the best in your internship and they want you to renew the internship free for the next three semesters and if you don't then it's like uh we're not gonna give you the full eh, you might not be ready for you might not be made um and that's why you see all these white kids, like Taj said, at these labels, because they're the ones that don't have to worry about finding an internship that's paid. It's also why like a lot of kids push towards other industries. You have a lot of people that love music that get pushed into tech because tech it's money to parents. It pays, it's like, easier to it pay. It's easier to and it's on top of the money, like money is important to us. But a lot of the times too, like, bro, it's just shit that like we want we want like at the end of the day, bro, I can say the four K shit, like yeah, we've been grinding. That shit has been fun. But like, bro, I want something I can show like my mom. Like I'm trying to win a Grammy. You feel me? So it's like they're all- But see, that's it's different being an employee and building like that's that's the ex I mean, quote unquote, that's the risk you take, which is why you reap all the reward. Like you're building something, right? So of course you give up maybe having but nothing why can, at the how beginning can, how, to have everything in the end. So how don't you see like, this? How don't you see that argument for Glorilla? I see it and I'm not I'm not saying I don't see the argument. I see why people you know, it's 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 like that in any because you might not, not even you might not even music. be with so Glow. I, I, I totally you might not even be with Glow for a year. You you might find you might meet somebody on the road six months. You might you're on a, you working for a label. I would me personally, I'm I'm probably flipping that assistant position to something different. In and look, months. that's and that's the whole point. I know I I know what you're talking about. I got you. I got friends in the industry like we already know. But at the same time, it's like. That don't that don't justify it to me. I'm saying I'm that don't justify from like an industry perspective. Like, well, that's just the right of passage. I think that's nasty work. Obviously, that's how it, it is. is. So you work. gonna hustle and get it how you got to get it. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. As a, I, I'm not gonna never be like, well, that's just how it goes. So she like she cool for that. It's just like, well, damn. Like if 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 you in a position where you could change that for just one person, like that that go a long way. Like, damn, I'll pay you. Like, you know. A semi-livable wage. You're not an intern. Like I'm expecting you to be an employee so, to travel with me. Like this, not no bullshit. You're not about to just be no, on so the look, couch. So, no, so, like so you're gonna be so running look, my life. So look, two things are true. I agree with you fully. I've been devil's advocate up until this point. My true, true point, like what I truly, truly feel, is that I do think Glorilla is getting like like this has been like Taj has said. This has been like Taj and I have had conversations about this since we've met. So it's like. This has been a long, long, long standing argument. 
so for it to be kind of piled on to like the newest possible artist is just like a little unfair especially when people don't understand it for the newest possible artist it's like if we were if, if we were like why doesn't somebody post the fucking warner anr like the warner anr thing what guess how much money so well, no not, no warner's, chance let me finish chance we have a podcast bro can you can i i don't i don't love being cut off i'll try not to do the go same ahead, go I'll ahead, try go not ahead. To my fault my fault go ahead but like Guess how much money Sony made in twenty in twenty twenty two twenty twenty one? Billions, tens of billions. So look at their entry level positions, their A and R's. That is that's requiring way. I mean, honestly, the and that's the thing. The assistant, like Glorilla said, yes, I'm sure it's probably more than she's acting like it is, but it's not insane, crazy. Like this is Glorilla. This isn't Lotto. This isn't a. A-lister. She's not even a... I wouldn't even argue she's... And this is this probably sounds like... I, I don't know if she's like B-list yet even. In terms of women's rap, like right now, she's definitely B-list, A-list. But like in terms of the grand picture of what you're working glow and towards, towards her next project, like that's not going to be as much bullshit as you're going to see at Warner. And like... Or, or any of just like these huge, huge labels that make so much more money and are giving pennies to their entry-level workers who are actually holding their companies together by a string. That's really what they don't tell you is that these entry-level workers are holding it together while getting paid 30000 a year. So it's like, I want somebody to post those. I want somebody to post all of the Workday uh, links. I don't want to see... And the, we should. I don't want to see Glorilla as the first person attacked. Yeah, that's my whole thing. We can get on her. I just hope the conversation expand like we got the jokes off on gorilla hopefully she bumps the price up and now hopefully the conversation expands beyond gorilla to the music industry and everything surrounding it as a whole like the everything surrounding the entertainment industry as a whole is just a series of ious but there's no look at this opportunity there's no like ethics. yeah no <laughs> it's ious but i'll put you in this room like <laughs> all right peace that's like that's like that's it that's everything around in this industry but we can get on her I'll play backflipping by Lil Tyler. Hold on, baby, I'm a player, not a simp, babe. This shit coming off the head like a temp fade. And your bitch trying to kick it like a sensei. Maybe you can get a wig, but I ain't paying rent, babe. Young stepping in some bands, no, I brag different. I can go and spin it, nigga, cause my bad different. That bitch, she ain't really fucking bad, the whole catfishing. And I got your bitch doing tricks, this whole backflipping. I been smoking on that gas, you can smell the aroma. In the booth, I'm in that mode, sipping Arizona. You might think bro finna crash the way he been the corner Take your bitch and give a back, no I don't even wanna Take your bitch and give a back, I want a refund In the boot, got on dark shades, I can't even see none I be high up in the stars, now I'm finna be one How the fuck I cut you off, you running back, that little hoe D1 ISO, ISO, clear out I'm on the, I'm on the wing Yeah, I need, I need Vance on the wing Chance, weak side corner This is, I need everybody Whatever your top five rappers are, B-Dot I know your top five is like permanently Drake, Jay-Z, Nas. You got to update it. Lil Sims, if Lil Sims isn't in your top five rappers, your top five is just wrong. This is now three straight classics. Dating back to 2019, she gave us Gray Area. That was still, to this day, Metacritic's most highly acclaimed rap album ever. Then she gave us last year. Sometimes I might be introvert. I think that's going to come down when everybody's Classic. doing their like... 
best rap albums of the decade. I think that deserves a spot. I said that once it dropped, I think it's still going to, 10 years from now when we're looking back, I think it's going to deserve a spot. Then she dropped this album. First listen, I was like, all right. Sims just giving us a reminder of like, yeah, I'm that girl. Like I, I, I make, I'm a girly rapper. Then I listened again. I was like, okay, it's whatever, it's cool. Then I talked to Vance, and Vance told me that one of his friends said it was rap album of the year, and I was like, what the fuck? Then I went back and re-listened, and I looked at the lyrics. <laughs> I listened to the lyrics, and I was like, bro, I don't it's, know no, what no, show no, this no. is from. <laughs> I was like, she can't keep getting away with this shit. Like, she is insane, bro. Like, I'm reading the lyrics. This is on, like, some Yeezus, Born Center, To Pimp a Butterfly spectrum dude, of, like, dude. anti-industry, anti-label. Yes, yes. Just fuck you. Hold on. Like, but she's saying it in the most blunt manner. So, like, think about those albums, but think about if you could just say it, like, without coding anything. Like, Kendrick had to hide it in jazz. Kanye had to hide it behind these crazy this crazy production. J. Cole had to hide it behind like these like adulterous themes. But Sims is just saying it. Like, and I think that's like the beauty, like the gift and the curse of Sims is the fact that like she's this woman UK rapper. So it's like on one hand, she never gets the praise or the credit she deserves. But on the other hand, she can say shit that nobody else can say. So like Sims is just attacking the industry for 10 tracks. Like full hold on up, attacking the up, industry. She said on no mercy. <laughs> I was down and out, had my bank account untamed, trusting off the people billing every call made, everybody here getting money off my name. Irony is I'm the only one not getting paid. You've been tanning in the sun, so now I'ma throw shade. I probably paid for your ball main. Know you're good at selling me the nigga dream. One M might just might make a nigga scream. Nigga, we made it. Give me equity if you about it. Like, it's like... It's just and that's the whole it, album. The, she's just, just punches, <laughs> punches, punches. Yeah. I, like she knows she delivered a classic, and apparently she just didn't get the check that a classic like <laughs> was worth. Like she didn't; those checks weren't worth what the project quality was. Didn't she, she mention was, like, it? Pissed. She mentioned like, it in track one. She was like, "I dropped a classic," and 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 said, "Relax," but she didn't relax. <laughs> so I was confused at that bar because I'm like, "Wait, this isn't like." It was like when Ye said, uh, like he said, he said one bar in the first line of Yeezus too, about how I just dropped my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, and I gave y'all that, but now I gotta turn it up to let y'all remember who I am. Like that's basically that bar, but she didn't do it. Like she went crazy still. That's this whole. She's just going crazy on every verse, just like incredibly angry at the industry, and the fact that she's so angry at the industry, it's like she knows she's so angry in her lyrics. That she has to like soften it somehow, and the way she softens it, she like calls in Cleo Soul. Cleo Soul just comes in <laughs> on like, half the album, just like soft background swoops, vocals. Swoops in, swoops in, <laughs> just like, softening each verse. Oh, just Cleo Soul. How you go from zero? <laughs> like Cleo, uh, Cleo Soul, uh, she's not featured. That's <laughs> exactly what she does. That's exactly how she comes out of she's nowhere. Not, exactly. She's not officially listed as any feature. She's just kind of there as like the sorry, like just the soft sorry. Just right. Like, I'm that soft. was my only critique. I love, I love the album. I agree with everything y'all saying. My only thing was, and I only listened once, so I haven't listened to all. This is actually not even a critique. I'm just asking myself, like, 
did did she try too much? Did she try too hard to sort of recreate the last one? I felt like I had a lot of those same flavors. Um, and you know, down to the Cleo soul like feet, uh, sort of appearance. So that's my only question. I just wanted to ask that to y'all. Do y'all think? I think no. She 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 progressed sonically or or stylistically, or do you think it's just more hard bars like just? I think it's just yeah. I think it's it's almost like Tyler going from Flower Boy to Call Me If You Get Lost, where it's like yeah, we get the same flavors, we get the same aesthetic, but your Bart niggas on this like that this is different. Like she was spinning on the first one, like. Point and kill bars were crazy, like woman bars were crazy, but like, like Taj said, it's the it's the it's like the is veracity a word like like it's like it's like ferocious like how she like the bars are just like they're like they hit and they puncture way more on this one than they did on the last one. Like, they come with an energy. It's almost kind of like the SZA, like the SZA bars on, on this album. It's like, oh, she really talking her shit on this, like, versus Control, where it was a little bit more, you know, cloudy, a little bit more vibey. This one's a little bit more blunt, straight to the point. That's the same vibe I get, but I see why you can see, like, why you can feel that there's flavors crossing over from both albums. To conclude, those sounds, man. I love miniature it. sounds. That concludes this miniature sounds review. Shout out to the UK, my niggas crossed the pine. I fuck with them heavy. Um, you know, even 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 one of my favorite artists of all time, Sade, she from over there. So I love I love my niggas from across the pine from the United Kingdom. Um, you know, just give Ireland they, they independence, get them folks they freedom. That's all I got. Yeah. So oh, well, I guess once y'all do that, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> everything could just fall into place and everything could be balanced. So. Get them folks no freedom. Let them folks do what they do, you know. Where they play skirts, play golf, whatever it is they do. Let them folks to handle their business. Um, so we talk about the episode. I didn't I didn't listen to that one to be honest. But if y'all have a few words, we can speak a little bit on it. Let's do it. I listen. Um, I think the biggest testament, the biggest takeaway, I guess, from the Absol is just the fact that Absol has this patented sound. Of just like you know, Absol sound. It sounds like so distinctly 2011, 2012. Of like, if you can go back to 2011, 2012, like Absol just takes me back to that time of like, like sitting in the fucking passenger of my brother's car, my brother's first car. Like that's what Absol's music just reminds me of. That's currency (laughs) for me. (laughs) That's literally what everything Absol reminds me of, and that's like this what this album reminds me of. But for some reason, unlike other artists that like have their patented sound, like I'm not gonna say the artist name, but other, unlike other artists, it doesn't sound dated when Absol does it. Like there's a few instances. The only time it does sound dated on this project is when he like links up with an R&B singer, like when he links up with Janae on the Wild Side or like Ombre on Art of Seduction. That's when it sounds dated. But other than that, it still sounds like his sound. His sound sounds timeless. Like it's a great feeling. Like, I think uh, Do Better with Zakari, that's going to be, like, on our, I think we're going to do year-end playlist, like, songs of the year. I want to push hard for that to make the year-end playlist. That's, like, an insane track. Then he did, like, this thing where he did, he released the singles, but he released the singles. I don't know if this was, like, because the features didn't come in in time or what, or this was, like, planned, 
but they released the singles without the features. So when you played the album, you heard the singles with the feature, and it was like a whole new song, basically. Wait, so you're saying... So it was like a whole different feeling. So you're saying the single came out with the feature not on it, or it just was Yeah, so he like released Moon Shooter, and it was just him. It was just Ab Soul. And then he released Moon Shooter, but this time it had a Joey Badass verse. And it was just like a whole different feeling. So that was hard. Um, It was just a good album throughout. Like, it's Ab Soul, so you get the verses. There's like... Uh, interesting with bars throughout. He had a fire uh, Atlanta bar, like he flipped Atlanta with Urn, with uh, the other main characters. Like he just has like those type of bars throughout. Uh, it was better than the project he dropped in 2016 to me. Do without Wilt. It was a good project. Uh, I think those are my main takeaways. I think if you guys have a review, I have a question. But if you guys have a review, I'll let y'all go away. Ask your question. Actually, no. I'll ask this other question. I'll ask my other question. Dash, give my flowers. Did Vance revive TDE? <laughs> Amen. For, for context, I don't know if we ever announced it on the podcast. Vance was an intern at TDE some months ago. And since I was, Vance I was is... Blow Rilla's assistant at TDE, actually. Since Vance... TDE was on a cold streak. Since Vance... Since Vance's internship at TDE since ended, uh, Isaiah Rashad dropped uh, his album. Kendrick Lamar dropped an album. Dochi dropped their EP. SZA dropped SOS. Ab Soul dropped Herbert. And none of those projects were below a six and a half in my books. So, Amen. I mean, Amen. You know, all in the 18-month span. I was basically in there, like, on the phone with SZA, like, yo, you got to take smoking on my X-Pack and put it before the Phoebe. And then after, you got to have Snooze as track. Taj gets it, though. I appreciate I appreciate you giving me the flowers. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. TDE, might, that boy might have had some impact in there. I might have I I had to let him know, like, hey, we might have to get that ball rolling because I got in there. I didn't hear any music. I'm like, I see all these speakers. <laughs> like, like I said, why is it so quiet? I'm like, here? why is it quiet in this <laughs> <laughs> Why is it quiet in this in this conference room? I'm like, we got both speakers set up to the wall. I'm like, uh, anybody have an aux? Like, let's play some music. So, shout out to Dochi though. Dochi was like, nigga asked the nigga asked the lady, well, y'all, was like, y'all heard that new sis <laughs> at the leak? <laughs> nah, for real. Um, I'm glad they started dropping because shit, that was like always their complaint, right? Like, artists not coming out with music, so. I mean, it looked like this was one last hurrah. This is the end, you know. Oh, you think said Kendrick dipping? He gonna do PG Lane, um, SZA. They said this our last project. She said that. Um, Isaiah Rashad. Wait, what did SZA say? He's she, gonna go did, live happily SZA, ever after. Chance just made this up. Chance just made up the last two things he said. <laughs> I did. <laughs> SZA said this her last album. Where, bro? I need to know right now. Chance just be seeing information from fucking Pop Crave spelled with a W and be taking it as fact. Rap alert. <laughs> say cheese. This was on say cheese. What are you looking for? You're no, not about to no, find No, no, you're not finding it. <laughs> He's looking for the impossible on the internet right now. This has never said that SOS will be my last album. I promise you would see way more uh, social media. Outcry about that if that was the case. Scissor hints had taken an extended break from music following release of SOS. I'm going to disappear. Okay. Just fucking disappear for six years. Definitely for as long as I can.
I mean, she's going on a tour. That's not disappearing. Yeah, I mean, it's just trying to build hype. Everybody think they Frank Ocean, but congratulations, SZA. Um, but yeah, TD, this was this sound like maybe this was their last hurrah, so they finna lose their biggest artist. I think it's like a model um, thing. They're moving in. A, let's discuss the, next the year phase. in episode and wrap this episode up. So let's do it. What should what should listeners look forward to for next, next episode? week, man? We have you know a very 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 special episode, man. We have our, our annual unheard. Basically, rap, just our last episode where we talk about our favorite moments in music, talk about some of our favorite rollouts, of course, favorite music. We do a little album ranking, give out some awards. Um, what are the awards? The awards include, you know, we're going to give out a rookie of the year. We're going to give out a rap MVP, R&B. I think we got to give out a rap and R&B rookie of the year, a rap MVP, R&B MVP. We're going to do the first team. Um Talk about the comeback artist of the year, label of the year, another very special category. We're gonna talk about the best young boy project of the year. So about like six. Um, so you know a lot to look forward to. We're gonna have our detailed breakdown and rankings. We're gonna do it a little bit differently this year, so you definitely won't be tuned into that. Just talk about our favorite projects. This is a year to rejoice, reflect on this year in music. Um, it was a great one. You know, which panned out ended up being a pretty good year. You got drops for from some of your biggest artists. You know, especially in the second half. So. That's going to be a whole bunch of fun. Um, I don't think we get, got any other major releases, so that'll basically be the entirety of next week episode. Um, you know, in the meantime, just, you know, check in with us on, on the socials. We can have, like, little polls and shit up there. Um, so, again, that's Unheard Pod 1 on Twitter, Unheard Podcast on Instagram. Leave a review. You know, tell your friends. Get them hyped for the year in review. Tap in. Listen to some of your favorite songs from the year. You know, come with your own opinions. We want it all, you know. So, thank y'all for fucking with us. Who's on heard? Is it Chance? Yeah. Is it Chance? Yeah. Play by myself. Highway featuring Destroy Alone. Nah, no, I got these Cartier friends on my face. I can't see shit. Baby girl, you know I'm getting K out of me. I've been eating by my fucking self, they wanna feed me. I got bands on the side of my pockets, bitches keep shit. I got Balenciaga on me, baby, you can't even tell. You can't never compare me to niggas over there. I got long dreads, now I got braids in my hair. My bros make designer clothes, they sent me a pair. For real. And sometimes this shit just get too real. I seen a lot of shit, I was there. I didn't close my eyes, bitch, I stare. I didn't never cry, I wasn't scared I took it all in and said, yeah I took that shit in, I said, yeah I took that cash out of the bank, said, yeah Fuck a good, then I made it say, yeah By myself Podcast over, dog.